Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. I'm sharing with us the thought, God with us. There is an ongoing debate in the ranks of Christianity as to whether we should celebrate Christmas or not. And the debate is based on a number of factors. One of them is because of the pagan influence in the minds and hearts of some that Christmas carries with it, the intense commercialism that we see all around us, and the very fact that we do not know the exact date that Jesus was born. But to me, there is no problem in my conviction and in my practice. I do not know when Jesus was born, but I personally celebrate Christmas because I know He was born. And because Jesus was born, He is a vital part of history. In fact, someone has said or written that history is really His story. Christmas is more than just a time for school and work vacation. It's more than just a time for renewing old acquaintances. It's more than just a time for exchanging gifts with family and friends, as wonderful as all of those are. Because the genuine spirit of Christmas is that we realize that God gave to us in the birth of His Son, a precious gift, a gift more precious than gold, a gift more precious than frankincense, a gift more precious than myrrh. God gave to us Himself, and He gave Himself to us to dwell with us. Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, underscore, God with us. The text that I just read is a fulfillment of a prophecy that had been given by God to Isaiah approximately 700 years earlier. I do not even pretend to understand the miracle of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, but I do believe in my mind and heart that this cardinal foundation of Christianity must be accepted in our minds and in our hearts if there is to be any merit in the atoning ministry of Jesus Christ in our behalf. Such an occurrence as the virgin birth 
surpasses all avenues of human logic. It exceeds all the premises of science. And yet, to the believer in God's Word, the virgin birth is more of a reality than what you and I can actually see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and touch with our fingers. You and I, on this side of the virgin birth, stand amazed at the possibility of such a thing taking place. But can you imagine the awe that Mary the woman who had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son, can you imagine the awe that she must have experienced as she heard the words of the angel? I read in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. As I mentioned a few moments ago, Isaiah was given this prophecy and recorded in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 that the name of this virgin born, Holy Spirit anointed Son would be Emmanuel, God with us. These three words, God with us, seems to constantly stand forth from the pages of the Bible, to stand forth as though lifted high on a platform so that everyone might be able to comprehend God's message of hope. God's message of hope not only to that generation, but, but also to the generation that you and I are living in, a message of hope given to the entirety of the whole earth, the human race. During the times of the Old Testament, God manifested Himself, and God displayed Himself in various forms and fashions. But as a general rule, God manifested, revealed Himself through prophets and, and priests. Well, God was with His people in those days. God was with His people in the fire. God was with His people through the clouds. God was with His people through the angels, through visions and dreams. God was with Israel then in a real way, but if you'll understand what I'm about to say, He was with them in a remote manner. You see, the veil in the tabernacle and later the veil in the temple served as a partition, a wall of, of separation 
and only a select few were allowed the opportunity to enter into the holy place and the most holy place. And in those places, they made intercession to God for the people. And in those places, those select individuals enjoyed an elevated season of communication with God. And even as late as the New Testament example of Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, the temple served as a place where man could be with God and where God could be with man in a special way. And you remember that it was there in the temple that Zacharias received the vision of, of, of fathering the messenger of the Lord, the forerunner of the Messiah. It was there that he became speechless until the birth of that anointed son. Approximately six months after the experience of Zacharias, and the conception of his wife, Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 tells us that the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And I want you to listen intently as the angel proclaimed this message in verse number 28. Mary, the Lord, underscore, is with thee. What was the angel saying? The angel was saying, Mary, the door of spiritual bliss, the gateway a full salvation is being opened now, and that passageway will be expressed in the name Emmanuel, God with us. Mary, you don't have anything to fear. Sure, no other woman has ever experienced what you're about to experience, but, but the Bible tells us that Mary had found favor with God. And God was saying, Mary, I am with thee. And the angel could reassure her in a tone of sweet comfort, fear not, Mary. And almost as if in anticipation of, of Mary echoing, but how can I not be fearful? How can I not be afraid? Listen, Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, Mary you may not fully understand how such a thing as this can take place, but don't be afraid. Don't be troubled, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And my brothers and sisters today, over 2,000 years after that blessed event of Christ's birth, you and I can still take consolation from the words and spirit of Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, and God with me. And if God be with us, 
we can claim that blessed assurance that with God, nothing, may I say it one more time, nothing, may I say it one more time, nothing is impossible. How exhilarating to think that the eternal Son of God, He who had formed the worlds, He whose power is unlimited, He who is God Himself, stepped down from the heaven of heavens and was born as a baby in Bethlehem. And I'm convicted in my intellect and I'm convinced in my emotions that with great joy, John penned the words of John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the Word, speaking of Christ, was made flesh and underscore dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, my friends, God desired to dwell among His people then. And God's desire today is still to dwell with you and with me. And God longs for us to allow Him that privilege and opportunity as Jesus lay wrapped in the warmth of those swaddling clothes. The Bible says that a heavenly host of angels appeared over the fields of Judea. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. My friends, today you and I no longer await the announcement of angels as they hover over rolling hills. No longer do we follow a bright shining star as did the wise men from the east. But praise God, the glad tidings of great joy were not just for them, not just for the angels, not just for the shepherds, not just for the wise men, not just for Mary and Joseph, not just for Elizabeth and Zacharias, because Luke chapter 2 and verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, underscore, which shall be to all people. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're part of that all people? God has given to us a wonderful expression of Himself. And what a staggering, provoking fact of truth that God is with us, all people. 
the firstborn man and woman who lived in the Garden of Eden were privileged to have God walk with them and talk with them in the cool of the day. But after their sin of disobedience, the whole earth began to moan. Every aspect of creation began to groan. And the groaning and moaning was for reconciliation to take place. Hundreds of years passed. And then according to Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's why Jesus came. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that's exciting. To me, that's so exciting. If I were in a Pentecostal church, you know what I'd do about now, don't you? Can I say it anyway? Hallelujah. In the fullness of time, God sent His Son to dwell among us so that you and I might be reconciled back unto Father God. Oh, the manger of Bethlehem has long since given way to the process of decay. The angels that sang over the hills of Judea have taken up other forms of ministry. The shepherds and wise men are dead. They are asleep waiting the coming of Christ. Jesus no longer walks the dusty roads of Galilee. He no longer casts his shadow on the streets in Jerusalem in a body of flesh. But today, you and I can still sing and we can still shout and we can still live the reality of Emmanuel, God, with us. As Jesus was preparing to make a physical exit from this world by means of the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension, he left his disciples then a promise. And you and I, as the disciples of Jesus today, can claim that same promise. It's found in Matthew 28 and verse 20. From the gracious lips of our Savior, listen, I am underscore with you. How often? Always. And as if someone were about to ask, well, how long is always? Jesus said, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Oh, you and I may not see Jesus with our natural eyes, but you and I can be confident in our minds and in our hearts that Christ is with us. He's with us when we're right, and He's with us when we're wrong. He's with us when we're weak, and He's with us when we're strong. Some of you are acquainted with the beautiful poem, Footprints in the Sand, and I want to read that in conjunction with this. One night I dreamed a dream, 
As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes of my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back on the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and, and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never, ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I am with you always even to the end of the world. Well, my friends, the world you and I are living in, we are facing some hard times. And the future seems to be extremely gloomy to those who do not know Emmanuel. But for those of us who do know him, we rejoice in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Listen intently, because Jesus said then, and Jesus is still reverberating today, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. What a wonderful message of hope that is. And then the writer erupts. Because Jesus will never leave me and, and Jesus will never forsake me, he says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Emmanuel, God with us, and all that around the world today Men and women and young people would understand what Emmanuel really means. God with us. On the mountain, God with us. In the valley, God with us. In the fire, God with us. In the lion's den, God with us. In the church, God with us. In the home, God with us. In the heart, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us.
Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.